I think there's still a good chance the trial of the case could actually begin in the fall. If he's on trial right, right. then, it's, that is not good for that him. That is not good for him. It really is sort of a gut-wrenching thing to think that we could be in the middle of, with a presidential campaign, with six to eight weeks to go, and this guy could be on trial for basically trying to subvert the Constitution of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to George Conway Explains It All. I'm Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark, and because I'm not a lawyer, I have asked my friend George Conway from the Society for the Rule of Law to explain the legal news to me. Okay, so... Did anything happen? Did anything happen? So it was feeling like a quiet week when we were prepping for the show. We had a whole mailbox episode planned. We were just going to answer questions from our, you know, brilliant, incisive listeners. And then last night at like 5 p.m., the Supreme Court just dropped its order in the immunity case. And then like right on top of that separately, an Illinois judge disqualified Trump from the ballot. It was just like boom, boom. So no quiet week anymore. And guys, I promise we're going to do our best to do a mailbag episode soon. Uh, George, you haven't seen these emails, but we got a lot of love from the listeners. And so do your corgis whenever they make an appearance. Uh, One person wrote in to say that she feels like she's taken a smart pill. We need corgis on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Packing the Supreme Court with corgis. Corgis, Yeah, that's uh, some real resistance stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So let's jump in. We finally heard from SCOTUS after what felt like a very long two weeks. And to refresh everyone's memory, we're talking about special counsel Jack Smith's criminal prosecution of Trump in D.C. for January 6th and all the election interference leading up to it. Trump has argued that he is immune from criminal prosecution for the acts he committed while president. The D.C. court, the Court of Appeals, we did a whole episode on this, uh, said in January that no, Trump is not immune from criminal prosecution. Wrote a fabulous opinion. Yeah, it was a great opinion. I don't know why that didn't just stand. Uh, Trump then asked the U.S. Supreme Court for a stay so that the judge, so the judge Chutkin in the trial court wouldn't kick the trial into gear. Right. And he filed that request for a stay like on February 12th. Uh, And yesterday, so that's February 28th, uh, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case and set oral arguments for the week of April 22nd. All right, so I've got a ton of questions for you, including what this means for the trial timeline. First, I want to ask you, why you think it took two weeks to land on a pretty middle-of-the-road path forward? That's a very good question, and I don't think we will know the answer, the true answer, for many years. Um, It won't be until somebody does like what Justice Blackmun does and bequeaths all of his or her papers to the Library of Congress. There are a number of operative theories. One theory is that it took them a long time to craft the precise wording of the question that they want, the legal question that they think the case poses. I'm not sure it's worth speculating what happened. Um, uh, The the important thing is, the significance of what happened yesterday is twofold. One is, it does delay the trial further. Yeah. And um, as, but as I said (laughs) on the day that they denied that earlier cert petition that Jack Smith filed to try to get the case directly, this was like back in January, directly from the district court and skip the court of appeals and go up to the Supreme Court. And then everybody said, oh my gosh, they they denied that. It's terrible. And you know, my, my view was, well, um, you're going to get a good opinion out of the D.C. Circuit, which we did. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court could always deny cert. And even if it granted cert, it would not grant cert in a manner that would kick the case over to the fall. 
And that's exactly what happened here. Um, in a case that's, that's granted at the end of February or the beginning of March, I don't think I have to go back to calendars of past years, but it's very difficult to see how that a case, an, a, an ordinary case would get briefed and argued before the end of the term. If you, if you, if you have a grant in March, a cert grant in March, typically what will happen is the briefing will take place, you know, in April and May and June, and then it'll be set for argument in October or November. That did not happen here. So they are expediting this. They're just not expediting it as fast as someone like I would want, um, which would be to reverse time and go back into a Star Trek uh, time warp and make it fast, <laughs> make it three months ago. That said, um, they didn't act as, they didn't move it as quickly as the special counsel wanted it to be moved. And I think the real question is, how long is it going to take them after this April 22 argument? That's when the argument is going to be. Um, how long it's going to take them to decide the case after that? I don't think it should take them that long. But, you know, it's late in the term. They get backed up at the, they, they get backed up in April. They've got all these opinions. I don't know how, how backed up they are this particular year. Um, and it's possible we won't get a decision until, um, until June. Um, I'd hope that they get it out in two or three weeks. Um, um, if they get the, you know, if they get a decision by May or June, it's still possible there could be a trial in the fall. What I think we're seeing, going to see is, I mean, I think it's going to depend on Judge Chutkin's schedule and whether Judge Chutkin wants to turn up the turn up the speed dial just a little bit more um, uh, to, to 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 get the case tried sooner rather than later. Uh, but I think. There's still a good chance um, that this case would, the trial of the case could actually begin in the fall, which is kind of a stunning and it, it really is sort of a gut-wrenching thing to think that we could be in the middle of, uh, the, you know, after Labor Day with a, with a presidential campaign with six to eight weeks to go and this guy could be on trial for basically trying to subvert the Constitution of the United States. We are so far in unprecedented territory. I, you know, it's hard to know where where this is going to go. But I, I don't think that this. Ca I, I don't think. I still think this case is probably going to begin before the fall. I don't know that it'll be tried to verdict by the time of the election. Another thing that I think it's worth considering, I mean, there's a lot of talk today that's very angry, angry talk about the Supreme Court, about how this shows the fixes. And I, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that the Supreme Court is going to hold or is intending to hold that, that five justices would hold that basically a president could sick, seal team six on a political opponent and get away with it. Um, that being said, I, I do understand um, the, the feeling that some justices could have is like, well, this is really an important case. I mean, this is, and it is, it's, it's one of the most important cases. You know, there's all, this whole line of cases involving um, presidential immunity. I, I, you know, I, 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 someday somebody's going to um, do the history of this and we'll find out, you know, what exactly was going on in the Justice Department? What, what took it? Was it... Were, was it, you know, Liz Cheney in the January 6th I mean, hearings that I really, I, I, it seems that way, you know, I, it, that's, it's really a question for historians um, and, and as historians of the Justice Department and historians of these proceedings. And, you know, we, we may not live to see exactly 
read, read the a definitive historical account of what happened here. Um, Speak for yourself. I plan on being alive. Uh, when well, you're younger. You're, you're, you're half my age, right? Like, no, I, for, I think I think we will know sooner than you think. But let me. I want to back up and I yeah. want to just tease out. Yeah, that a was a long things. answer, wasn't it? Well, it was you. You put a lot out there. I did and put a lot. I want to hit some of the highlights okay. uh, and and stomp on them um, in a good way. So first of all, the point you're making is that I, I don't want you to stomp on things in a bad I, way because that's really it's, it's really tough when you do that. Yeah, I know. You're I know. Tough Not in a mean way. I want to highlight and accentuate a couple of really important points. So one of them seems to me is that you're saying, "Hey, look, the Supreme Court was always going to have to." Take this up because they want to be the final arbiters. Yeah, but I, I mean, they, 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 I didn't say they all had to, but it would possibly it's they, appropriate. It's appropriate. It's not inappropriate. It's not right? inappropriate. It's not inappropriate. I can understand it. I wish they had done it sooner. On the other hand, the, 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 the effort to skip the Court of Appeals is highly unusual. And I can understand justices saying, well, we don't want to look like we're trying to, you know, light Trump at the stake by, by expediting this because it's just another criminal case. Of course, you know, that's uh, kind of a, 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 you're looking, that's looking at the case with blinders, but I can understand a, a, judge, a judge saying that. Okay, so we're, so we on this podcast we, are not mad at the Supreme Court for taking it up, as I've seen a lot of people be on Twitter. Yeah, were you surprised? I'm not exactly, I don't want to give the Supreme Court an award for this. Yeah, sure. Okay. Did you think, though, <laughs> what, did, what did you think the chances were, and maybe, um, when we talked about this, I'm not sure why I don't remember, but what did you think the chances were that they would have just granted outright, like the like approved of what the lower court had said and been like, we agree? I, right? I you know that that was my fantasy scenario, okay. and and as I I think I tweeted at one point that yeah this this would be the scenario where the order would have come out yesterday saying the petition for the application for stay is denied. Treating the application as a petition for writ of certiorari, the writ of certiorari is granted and the judgment of the Court of Appeals is affirmed, period. That was, you know, that would be, that's theoretically possible. There have been cases where they have done that. They were never going to do that in this case. I'm, I think I tweeted once that it said, I, this, this is my fantasy scenario, but it would take a zillion billion, it's a zillion billion quadrillion to one. But the theory... Those are long odds. The theory yeah. of why it took so long could be that maybe they, maybe they were crafting some kind of a per curiam opinion to affirm it. But I don't know, and I do, and, and and you know, there there is, you know, there is something to be said for the notion that there must be at some point some limits on the ability to prosecute a president. Because what if Congress passed a law that was specifically designed to infringe upon the president's um, constitutional powers by basically saying the president, if the president does get up at six in the morning, he, he, he will be prosecuted or something, make a criminal like, you know, something ridiculous. Um, I think the answer to that is, you know, you don't, you can confine it to the facts of this case. The facts of the cases, this is something where the president um, was essentially trying to extend his term of office and, 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 and trying to violate um, what's called the executive vesting clause, which basically says the president is president for four years. And so it's quite possible, and it's quite possible that the Supreme Court wants to write an opinion or some justices want to write an opinion that kind of fine-tunes the, uh, the reasoning of the Court of Appeals to make it more precisely narrow to the situation at hand because you just don't know what crazy hypotheticals could come next. The perfect example of you know, uh, 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 you could have a dangerous situation where a former president is being prosecuted illegitimately. And that's what could happen if 
a certain person gets elected mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, I mean, he is sort of presenting, the, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic that Donald Trump presents the very danger, represents the very danger that he's trying to invoke. Yes. <laughs> but the other thing we're laying out there that's really important is this timeline. Okay. And I just want to, I want to hit this so people have it in their heads because you're arguing, you're saying, okay, uh, they would set the oral arguments for April 22nd, which means, and we'll know a lot. Right. Yeah, we'll know. We'll, we'll, we'll know. We'll know. We'll we'll know a lot about what you know. What the it, whether anybody has any issues with with the scope of the D.C. Circuit's ruling. Yeah. Okay. So we'll know. We'll know. So, but then they rule in May or June. Right. Probably June. You know, I I I. I it really depends. I mean, you know, you could. It, it depends on whether there are dissents. It depends on whether the opinion. As they say, I mean, judges have this phrase that says, well, I don't know if it's going to write. You know, opinions have to write. In other words, they have to flow. They have to make sense. Sometimes you think, oh, let's hold X. Uh, uh, judge will, judges will decide, let's hold this. This is where we're going to go. And then when they write it out, it doesn't make quite a lot of sense, mm-hmm. which I think is something that could happen in the 14th Amendment case where they don't really, where they just make, they seem to want to just make stuff up. Um, I don't know. You, you, it could be done in three or four weeks. And it could be done. It, it might take to the end of the term. I, mean, I guess. I guess I'm assuming June now, just because it seems like they're on board with the longer timeline. It's not. It doesn't seem like they are burdened by the need to act yeah. with super they, they, expeditiously. Right. No. They, well, they 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 did place the burden on themselves to produce an opinion within six weeks, basically. Yeah. By April 22, they they go they go home last week in June. So they basically eight weeks. Uh, they basically confine themselves to a two-month um, period to write an opinion, and there may be separate opinions. So I, you know, I, I think the worst case is that it gets kicked, to, that we don't get a decision until the, like the last day of the term. Well, the, the only reason I think that, I guess, is because I'm just used to the Supreme Court holding the big cases yeah, until course. the end, of course. too. It is, uh, because everybody, you know, it's just it's just the nature of the thing. It's just the stuff that's most important. You try to get the, the easy stuff out of the way and the stuff that you think is is more historically significant or the stuff that has greater ramifications, you, you futz with more, yeah. to use the official legal term. Uh, so so then, okay, so... I'm so, a New York lawyer, so I use words like futz and putz and schmutz and... That's yuts. okay. Scalia yuts. was famous for uh, argle bargle, you know, argle making bargle. up wor- words. No, that was a real word. Argle bar- it is now. It is now. Uh, I use it to describe all manner of things. So, if that's the case, all right, so we say May or June. Yes, ma'am. So, I was on CNN this morning with, uh, and their CNN sort of legal analyst, um, Elliot, Elliot Williams. Williams. Yeah, he's, uh, he's fabulous. So, I he was Elliot. he was, he was great, uh, but he was arguing that he thought the timeline would be September, October. And so, my response to that was, okay, if that's truly the timeline, I understand that puts us in unprecedented territory, and everybody's going to feel pretty uncomfortable. It's going to be wild. But- Politically, that's bad for Trump. Like, if, of if, course, it's bad so, for so, Trump. So he would have then tried to delay. You're right. This is this is the but but if he's on trial right, right. then, it's, that is not good for that him. That is not good for him, and that's absolutely right. I mean, that was something I was thinking about this morning on the train on the way up down here. Is that you know he may have ended up shooting himself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, what he really needed ideally was something that would push the case past November. Um, and I don't think this his this is quite going to be enough. I don't think, you know, the only way it could possibly now go past, really past November would be uh, if Chutkin just just can't fit it into her schedule. And I don't think Judge Chutkin, I don't think Judge Chutkin is, is going to 
she, she's going to prioritize this case. It's made pretty clear. On this point, though, here's a question. Could some of these other cases, now that this gets pushed back, could they go first? Yes. And end up pushing this back by virtue of... Yes, that's that's possible. I mean, it could be possible. I mean, it could be possible, for example, if Judge Cannon um, decided all of a sudden to light a fire under her case, um, that she started, a, you know, she decided to hold an August trial, then... It would be hard to see Chutkin ordering a trial until after that trial was. Complete. And to be clear about what you're saying, that. But I, I don't. I don't know that that would. That's not. That I would not put that as a high probability scenario because she hasn't been moving at the speed of light. Although she did some things the other day that that seemed reasonable um, with respect to um, the production of materials to some of the defendants. Okay, I guess in my in my mind too, maybe this is like too conspiratorial. I'm thinking like if she wanted to go put her case in front of that one in order to sort of take the more serious case, the January 6th case. Oh, well, I actually think back. the document, I mean, that, I don't, I don't know that that, that would, that would be a terrible scenario for Trump as well, because the documents case really is an open yeah. and shut, or shut case. And that actually goes back to another point about the, um, about what the Supreme court has done here. Again, not to, you know, not that I think they should be given an award for what they've done, but, I can understand the logic behind it. And one of the lo- one of the logical aspects of it is it's not just this January sixth case. Trump is asserting immunity in the Georgia case. He is asserting immunity in the documents case. I don't think that immunity could possibly get him out of the numerous obstruction charges um, that he committed after he left office, but it might. It might be. It might. It might have something that it, it might could affect some of some of the some of the charges if he if he were to win them. Uh, you know, because some of the stuff that he did, bringing them down there, he was president. He might have had these, some of these documents there before before January twentieth. But I, I don't. I don't think it's going to affect that case. But it, you know, it's a, he's making the argument, so it, it might be worthwhile for the Supreme Court. Might said that's just one more reason why we need to actually explain what we think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I would prefer them to do it one case at a time. And again, and then the other point I would, I would have preferred them is like they, they do it's, it is important that they decide the case, um, this issue at some point, but they didn't have to do it before trial. They could always hear, uh, an appeal from his criminal conviction. What do you, who do you think the individual justice does? It's not to me as much as I, um, perhaps have come to think of, uh, Clarence Thomas as uh, an Alito. Well, no, I was going to try to describe how I felt about Justice Thomas. His Thompson. wife, he is married to a woman who is like a full on uh, insurrectionist, like storm the Capitol yeah. type. Um, Alito uh, is obviously has, has become more and more bold mm-hmm. and public. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the question I have is, is, but still, still, these people are Supreme Court justices. The idea that they would just allow presidential yeah. immunity seems crazy. So who do you think is driving this sort I, of delay? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. It could. It, it may well be. No, I mean, the, the only two theories that I've heard are that there was an effort to, to toward a summary affirmance um, that failed to get the five votes. Um, and was also triggering dissents. So that means Coney Barrett or Kavanaugh. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah. I, I, if I had to guess, the person who might be the most cautious 
uh, on this while ending up in the right place would might be Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And because Kav- you know, because because Brett, I mean, Brett Kavanaugh has always been very protective of the prerogatives of the presidency, and he's you know he's thought about these issues a great deal, um, and he's expressed concerns about about the potential for criminalization of 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 politics and 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 of of, of work in the executive branch ironically since he wrote the wrote the fact section of the star report but um you know I, 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 there there are legitimate concerns here um about how you write this opinion i don't think any of those concerns affects the result in this case i don't see how a majority of the court could rule in his favor i would be shocked and i would immediately catch the first flight to New Zealand um, if <laughs> if they were to reverse. Uh, but, um, you know, they're, they're... Yeah, if he's immune from anything, you, you should you probably would, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm... Yeah, bye-bye podcast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, 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 Barry, be- Barry, you, you, I'll, I'll pay for your plane ticket to, to set up my... my uh, my uh, my podcast booth in 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 my ski chalet in the South Island of, of that would be the of, worst ramification yeah. of Trump's full immunity from anything yeah, is no. this podcast getting shut down? Well, you're you're gonna have to come with you're gonna yeah. have to come with because you're We're on you're, the lamb, you're on yeah you're 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 headed for Guantanamo too, my friend. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess now we've established the timeline. I just I just do want to reiterate that I I am I have because this is all I've seen is like the wailing and gnashing of teeth on Twitter. And I doesn't. That's what Twitter is for. I know. I know that that's it's, true. It's, it's designed to it's keep true. the dental profession but, but also, going. Also, my bulwark colleagues in the Slack, it was just like no. Uh, and I no, at, no. I have one of one of your bulwark co- co- colleagues was I'm on a text chain with this colleague of yours, and he quoted John McCain saying something like. It's, it's always, always dark darkest before, before it gets pitch, pitch, pitch dark. dark. <laughs> yeah, it's always darkest before it turns pitch black. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I, I kind of like that. That's the Sopranos episode. Like, what happens when they whack you? You know, he they likes they that <laughs> phrase. Uh, I just this, the, but to me, I don't know. If, and I could see. Look, there's more things that could get in the way. It could continue to get pushed back further. I just yeah, no, that's right. That, that and that's the thing is is that there are, you, the, it, it, things never tend never to speed up litigation. Problems arise that you don't foresee. So that's the real issue here is, um, you know, this could get to trial two or three months after uh, the Supreme Court rules. On the other hand, there could be some issue that comes up that, that, that doesn't even doesn't or doesn't even come up. Right. The Trump right. and his I mean, they clearly are trying to make right, sure make this so, happens right. after. Of course they are. Because that's what I mean. This immunity thing is is and, also and, about pushing right, out the timeline, right? right? It's I mean, all and, about and, the and, and, and it's very common for defendants to do that. It's yeah. very not just in, in civil cases and in criminal cases. On the other hand, you know, some innocent defendants will say, "I don't think that government can try can prove its case. So I want to go to trial right away." And you can put the government to its proof. That's not our friend Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And so, just since we have on many occasions now on this podcast, you have felt pretty confident that Trump is going to jail. Yes. Did yesterday take any air out of that? No. I mean, look, the only way he doesn't go to jail for something, in my to my mind, is if um, he's president. He gets two hundred and seventy electoral votes. Yeah. And in that case, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. He could be convicted in a state court and sentenced, but they wouldn't be able to execute the sentence. He could be, you know, and and and. You know, you just you can't throw a president in jail while he's president. 
Yeah. The only way to get rid of him is to impeach and remove him. Then you can throw him in jail. Yeah, well, when he's in his fifth term and dies in office, uh, he will have evaded. That's. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, because he eats so well. So yeah, obviously he's going to live for a very long time. All right. So I want to just hit this Illinois disqualification really quickly because yep. there was there wasn't, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, basically I've read Illinois, some Cook County judge did this and, uh, you know, I don't know what. I, I didn't read the opinion. Well, here, I'll set it up for you, right? Uh, so while we're still waiting uh, for a decision yep. from the Supreme Court on the 14th Amendment disqualification case out of Colorado, uh, and which in Colorado and in Maine, they've removed Trump from the ballot under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment for engaging in insurrection. So the judge in Illinois also removed Trump from the ballot. Now, I'm guessing the Supreme Court decision in the pending 14th Amendment yep. case will impact this Illinois decision, I, I right? suspect it will dispose of that um, case. Why That's don't we have a decision in the Colorado case yet? <laughs> because, well, when was it argued? I can't even remember now. It's like it's, it's, everything's a blur. It was argued like three, three, three weeks ago, right, at least. Um, it was before the Time Super is a Bowl. flat circle. Yeah, I remember. I went, it was right before the Super Bowl. So it was like okay. the, it was in um, – that, that's how I remember things. Um, so – it's been about two or three three weeks now. February eighth, February eighth, right? Okay, so they're exactly three weeks, um, because this is the February. This is February twenty nine, leap day, and that we're recording this. But I, it's not an easy opinion to write because they they are fighting the text of Section three of the Fourteenth Amendment. And none of the off-ramps have any clear legal basis. It's clear from the argument that what they want to do is to make limit the state's ability to prevent maybe all federal candidates or or the president, just the president, to to keep them off the ballot on a finding of, of of. having engaged in insurrection or violation of a, of a previously taken oath. I, you know, I don't, it's, it's inconsistent with the fact that states knock people off ballots all the time for failing to meet qualifications. And this would seem to be the easiest qualification to comply with, which is don't engage in insurrection. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Um, but does it mean Such then that somebody somebody can somebody if you can't prove that you're they're 35 years old you'll be 35 years old on on January 20th 2025 you can't run for president it means that means that yeah they got to put they got to put um you know they got to put a 20 year old on the ballot I, I don't I, I, I well, they're going to have to figure out how to write this opinion and have it make sense and have the lines that they draw not look arbitrary and then get five, six, seven, eight, or nine people to sign on to it. And I don't know that that's easy to do. Um, they, they've taken quite a task onto themselves because I don't think, I mean, one of the things I said from the very, not the very beginning, but um, when the Colorado Supreme Court decision came down is like, the, somebody's got to come up with better reasoning than this to support um, Trump getting on the ballot because it's just not, it doesn't cohere. And, you know, the, they're obviously there are nine of them and they're pretty smart. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how you make that cohere and, and get people to agree to it in a short period of time. So it's not, it, it's not an easy task for them. 
Trump is keeping those law clerks busy up there at the Supreme Court. Okay, so we did get, we're going to just take a few questions yes. from, uh, and I think you just answered one of them. Okay. Because uh, Joy wrote in and asked that if Trump is elected, whether or not he can shut down Jack Smith's prosecution. In, a, in effect, he, 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 there are a number of things that he could do. He could basically fire Jack Smith. He has the president, he has the power to do that. But I think it's also... I, I think it's also pretty clear that under the Justice Department's existing policies that go date back to the Nixon and Carter, I mean not kind of Nixon and Clinton administrations, a president, the, the Justice Department's position has been essentially for fifty years that a president, a sitting president, cannot be prosecuted for a crime. So, you know, any any you could appoint. You could appoint Merrick, he could reappoint Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland would look at this and say, well, this is the Justice Department policy, so we have to drop this case. So um, the answer is yes. The, ans it, Trump, the answer Trump is yes. Yeah. He, he doesn't even have to fire anybody. I think he could probably shut it down. And then, and then if, 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 I mean, there's no way the Justice Department is going to proceed with the prosecution of, of, of a sitting president. It's just not going to happen. And that might nullify the second question, but Jeffrey asks us whether Trump, if elected, is constitutionally able to pardon himself. I don't know why all of you that, guys are writing in to tell me Trump's going to win, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that the, that's an interesting question, whether he could pardon himself, and there is basically no law on that, and it is something that law professors have written about, and I cannot... I do not know what the answer is. Because what he would do is he would pardon himself and basically then the Supreme Court once again has to figure out and make a ruling on it probably, right? Well, I don't even I don't think there would be ever I don't think it would get litigated because somebody's actually got uh, the he, he can't pardon himself for state offenses. Yeah. Right? He can only pardon himself for federal, federal offenses and the only way that would be tested in court would be if a federal prosecutor indicted him. And I don't see the federal. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. It's, no, it's just. It's, I, don't, I don't see how it gets ever gets litigated. You are hearing the reasons right now while Donald, why Donald Trump is running for president again. When yes. people say he is running to avoid jail, this is what they mean. Yeah. Because he can, if he wins, do it. You know, people get really mad at me uh, on the twitters when I say this, but like the courts probably aren't going to save us. I mean, I, yeah. I have part of the reason, not part of the, the reason I don't know a lot yeah. about the legal stuff is because I'm not a lawyer, but I also have not, I think, like a lot of people, invested a ton of time in the idea that what is going to get us out of the Donald Trump situation is the courts. Um, because I do think that the only way out of this is to defeat him at the ballot box. I agree. And, and, that, and that was, you know, with the, to talk about the 14th Amendment, Section 3, that was my original view. Um, and is my original. I would prefer to see him trounced at the ballot box by a pro-democracy majority because I think, you know, that's... That's the message we need to send to the world and to our fellow citizens and, and to the future. That, you know, this is what that we America as Americans, right, that this is about America and yeah. this is, we are Americans and what draws us together are, is the rule of law, is the belief in, 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 in a system of justice that is fair. And if it's not quite the way we want it to be, we fix it and we work on that together and, and, and not try to destroy the system because that's what what we have right now is we essentially have a, a part a political party that is unprincipled and centered on nihilism that that basically wants to, to basically destroy our institutions because they don't like they, they they don't like the other people they're sharing the country with yeah 
But this is why I think there's this. I think the reason people look to the courts is there's there's a real fear right now that. Given the choice, Americans will pick Donald Trump well, but over the Constitution. There, there is, but, Not but a majority but, but of that them. Said, but I mean, enough that to said, he's a cr- I mean, vote. but but there's also to me, it's more basic than that. The guy's a criminal. Mm. Okay, th- th- this is a long time coming. He's a fraudster. He's a rapist. He's an insurrectionist. Um, he, he's he's a thief. He stole classified documents. He's a fr- you know he's everything morally, legally bad that you could imagine he is the worst person imaginable to be put in any position of public trust let alone the presidency of the united states and on top of that he's batshit crazy okay i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call it right there all right thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of george conway explains it all to sarah don't forget to hit subscribe leave us a review on your podcast app and you can always send us more questions at askgeorgethebulwark.com. We will see you next week. Bye, George. Bye. <laughs>